Hello, livestock friends, and welcome to this edition of Before the Bid. This is a podcast dedicated to the livestock sales industry where we go behind the scenes of the operation and speak straight to the sellers. We discuss topics about the important aspects of their operation, location, the people behind the prep work, and talk about some of the animals that will be offered to you, the prospective buyers. Hopefully, you've got your sale catalog close by. You might have to go look through that pile on your desk. But if not, then you're probably like me and driving down the road or busy with chores around the farm. And that's okay, too. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this segment of Before the Bid. I'm your host, Andy Howell. Welcome, livestock friends, to this edition of Before the Bid. And on this podcast, we have a repeat operation, a father and daughter duo here on this one. And just to enjoy them coming back and being on the podcast here again. And uh, if you heard us from last year, a uh, family that I really enjoy, a family that's in the Indiana Angus Association, and they have taken the reins at times and been junior advisors. And now they have two juniors that have aged out of the junior shows and so they're going to offer some of these cattle that they have they've been really working on their breeding program and doing a really nice job of that and they are going to have their third annual open house here uh, at their place at Stylesville, Indiana and so I want to welcome back to the podcast David and Katie Brock and uh, guys just excited for the success that you guys had last year and I'm excited to uh, hear about this set and uh, I want to welcome you back to the podcast. Well, thank you, Andy. It's our pleasure to join you here this evening and uh, talk about the cattle and and catch up on everything cattle related. Right. You guys, uh, you guys have a lot of things going on there at, at uh, Brock Farms, and you guys do grain, you do the cattle, and and you do so much that uh, for the community and and the Angus Association and things. And we want to get into that a bit. But but David, again, if you would, we talked about it a little last time. But if you would give us a brief history of, of how you guys got started in uh, the farming operation and how you guys got started in the cattle. Okay, well, the farming, we actually live on a farm that my grandparents bought when they started. My granddad, he was a sharecropper, for better term, but he grew up farming on shares with landowners and was able to, in 1962, buy this place. And then when him and my grandma were starting to get the best of them, why Chris and I were able to buy this place off uh, my dad and his sisters. And, and so we're just trying to carry on the tradition. And he really got us started with the farming, and he was a typical farmer in the 60s, had a few cows, had a few hogs, had a few acres to farm and, you know, just, just as much as he could get done, mm-hmm. you know, with the equipment he had and the hours of the day he had. So, mm-hmm. but my mom and dad, they were able to buy a farm on the other side of the US 40 and I grew up over there and, and it just, guess you can say I was kind of born into it. Mm-hmm. I'm the third generation here and Andy and Katie, they're the fourth. So right. we're awful proud of them and lifestyle that we've chose and how everybody jumps in together gets stuff done so right and as you mentioned there a little you guys started out a, a some in the hogs and and some in the cattle uh and and had both species right yes my dad the hogs were his thing mm-hmm. he built a couple confinement buildings and we've already turned one of them into what we call the show barn mm-hmm. where we break the calves and we got a wash rack and inside there and and uh, do that kind of work and starting to work on the other one a little bit got some carpentry work done and 
it's just a slow thing, but uh, we're starting to kind of expand that part of it and use those those hog buildings for that. So. Right now, the the hogs are gone then, right? Because I yeah. remember I remember a few years ago we were kind of looking for some show pigs, and and I talked to you guys about that, and you guys were were doing that just a bit, but but that's that's gone, correct? Well, yes, that was Dad. He he wanted his grandkids to farrow a sow, so. Mm-hmm. Each kept a couple gilts, and well, they was raising some show pigs and selling some, and having some success, especially local success, a lot, and then mm-hmm. you know some some other successes too as well. But uh, right. they got a big kick out of it. And Katie's she graduated, she took the hogs over, and when she decided to, she was going to college. I told her, I said, well, <laughs> we'll leave the barn intact, and if you get home from college, we'll we'll buy the gilts and start over because we mean your mom don't want to feed sows while you're year at college so, uh, <laughs> so uh, how, how funny is that that when the well, help goes away some of the animals go away well, i hear that so often the sows and i moved out at the same time <laughs> <laughs> right uh, no we i grew up in a hog barn and that's uh when i got an opportunity to rent a farm with some cattle on it uh, i seen my exit strategy <laughs> for the hog barn so i was looking for fresh air and cold weather too but still <laughs> Uh, glad to be out so right and and i was just uh talking to my students the other day about that about how uh you know back when david your parents age and and that sort of thing why they they had a few of this and a few of that and a few of these and and were so yes. diverse but and you guys are kind of proving it in today you're getting more focused on just a couple things or a few things there and and some of those other things are, are kind of making their exit yes andy kind of the neat thing about it is you can diversify within a segment of the industry. Right. You know, we raise some waxy corn for national starch. We raise some regular corn to feed the cattle mm-hmm. and uh, take it to an ethanol plant. You know, you don't have to be solely focused on one thing, even within a segment of the mm-hmm. industry. The, you know, with the cattle, we're trying to sell a few bulls. We're trying to have some numbered based cattle, some show cattle. We're selling some freezer beef and meet somebody new and they ask what do we do with our cattle and i said well i'd, I'd like to sell you a calf any way i can whether it's right off his mama or wrapped up in white paper so, <laughs> so anyway if you want one let me know how you want it and we'll be, try to help you out so. right and you guys are continuing on with the beef uh program and we talked about that last year and it's growing quite a bit right yes if there was a positive side of the covid it's when the beef shortage hit the supermarkets people really started getting in touch with where their food come from. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of been uh, uplifting, I guess you want to say, or mm-hmm. been neat to watch people re-engage with the people that are actually growing their food. So, But, uh, yes, we've retained several customers that we gained during the COVID thing, and people are just you know excited to get it. And We take four or five in, and we try to schedule the appointments where we can bring the beef back mm-hmm. or they're – we're going to, hey, we're going to have your beef back at the farm at six o'clock. And it's just uh, almost a line in the driveway when we <laughs> get there with people coming to get it and how, you know, how excited they are to have it. And it's very rewarding side of the being the cattle business. I'll say that. So. Right. And before we get too far, uh, now that you guys have all this operation, uh, you and you and the boss lady don't just do it by yourself. And so I guess if you would take a few minutes here, introduce the family and, and introduce those that are involved right there. Okay, well, you know, we'll start at the top with my dad. He's still very involved. He's usually the first one to the shop in the morning and get things going. And if you got a run to make, he's all about that. He'll go to the vet's office and get something we need or go to the park store and get something or, or run up out of the coffee shop for a minute and come back. And 
by the time he gets back, we've usually tore something up, so he's got to <laughs> run out of something. So he's uh, he's there, you know, every morning, uh, kicks the cat out and gets the day started. So Right. But then, uh, Chris, she really, the show cattle are her thing. She's the first one out there getting them in, getting them out of the sun, and getting them fed and under the fans and ready to go. And, you know, we're kind of focused on the, the mama cows and getting to the field if we need to be and, you know, making hay right now and, you know, doing the crop work. So Andy, our son, he went to the Lakeland College, the John Deere Service Tech program. So if we're not in the field doing work, actually, he's usually tuning on something, getting a piece of machinery ready for the next season, just helping us haul grain and anything a farm boy would be doing. Mm-hmm. So he does a lot of our grooming and clipping of the show cattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Katie, she's kind of overseeing the cattle. She checks through the mama cows and makes sure everybody's got mineral creek feeders to pull. And we should do some rotational grazing. So she'll go through the pastures and move cows around. And then by the time we get those things done, usually, you know, about after lunch, we'll her and her mom go back up to the barn and start rinsing and doing that stuff while we'll doing a project on the field work or mm-hmm. something like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I take Andy and do that kind of stuff. So, right. But whatever it's just you know it's a lot most days the the day dictates itself we don't really get to pick what we're going to do but <laughs> right but yeah that's uh, that's kind of the gist of how things go and depending on what happens and whether we get to this or that we all jump in and you know help in an emergency case or whatever so right okay she worked a lot of ground and planted some beans this year and andy's he does all our ai and helps us get the, the cows synced up and mm-hmm well, we all kind of jump in on the hay, especially if we get a string of nice days where we can do, we need to mow and rake and bale all in the same day. So, mm-hmm. but uh, she'll run a grain cart and, and do some work here this fall when we get to going. And uh, I don't know what else I got up my sleeve for to do this next <laughs> fall. So. so we always try to, you know, you got to keep life interesting and new challenges. Right. So Katie, you went off to school and as we mentioned earlier, the, the sows and the hogs left with you, I guess. Did you plan to come back and, and kind of start the pig thing back up and, and run the cattle as well? I did. I, I graduated from Lakeland May of last year. Mm-hmm. Didn't necessarily plan on coming back to the farm. Okay. That wasn't really in my thoughts. At the time, we had some full-time help. We thought it was going to stick around for a while, and then they ended up getting a different opportunity and going somewhere else. So mm-hmm. kind of took in right out of school and we had some conversations as I was taking over that growing up, it didn't ever really look like there was going to be a lot of room for mm-hmm. more than just Andy. It was kind of a running joke between the two of us that my job for the farm was to marry another farmer and move away so he could have this <laughs> farm. So. <laughs> but it turns out there's room for both of us. So uh-huh. Growing up, I was always more willing to help in the pasture, the barn than I was on in the field. I was never really a big tractor person mm-hmm. now that's all changed mm-hmm. so but you are kind of the driving force behind this show cattle thing am i correct with that yeah mom and i both are we kind of try to work together on it definitely they try to keep me a little reined in on the scimitals and more focused <laughs> on the angus at times and i like to kind of play around on the side with other stuff going on while they stay focused on the angus but Mm-hmm. Yeah, mom and I both keep up with the genetics and what's hot and what's, you know, maybe phasing out. Mm-hmm. And now you're doing some of the breeding decisions and things like that, correct? Yeah, yeah, we kind of, 
try to sit down as a family and discuss what we want to do. But when it comes to the day of, if something has to change, usually it's trying to make those snap decisions. You know, mm-hmm. we're out when we didn't think we would be or, well, she didn't have a real good stand in heat, so we don't want to mm-hmm. use mm-hmm. something we've only got a little bit of. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now Andy does the AI. Am I, did I hear that correctly? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you just have to tell him what to put in there. Yeah, we kind of try to get a plan and then meet up. I try to have them up and ready in the barn for him, so he just has to breed them and then move on, get a plan in, in place. What I'm trying to get at is you're his boss. No! <laughs> <laughs> Am I, I'm not correct with that. I felt you going that way. I was trying to tag the other way. Um, very mutual. Okay, I just... Uh, I was just trying to stir things up there a little bit. and They're, They've still got the heifers they've showed. They each get the final say. Oh, okay. On okay. those. So. But uh, Andy's always been a natural, you know, working with his hands. And mm-hmm. we all three went to a AI school. And mm-hmm. the first day we sat through the classwork. And that afternoon we went out to the cows. And he's the, out of the three of us, he was the first one past the rod on his first time he went, went in. So Okay. And he seems to be having the most success getting them bred. So her, I either one could breed one in a pinch, but right. we both try to make so as the, if we're going to do it of an evening, as the sun starts to set, we're going to go find Andy and right. finish what he's doing so he can come do the, do the actual breeding. So, right. Okay. So you're not going to, not going to let that out that you're his boss then. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll move on from that then, I guess, huh? <laughs> Before I get everybody in trouble. <laughs> so, oh, that's neat. Because, guys, I've watched these two grow up and uh, watched them come through the, the Angus program, the Junior Angus program. And, and these guys are competitive and, and friends. And, of course, they're brother and sister, and they, they still have some of those disagreements. But uh, uh, what a great family and, and a good job of, of working together, these guys do. And uh, you can just see that, that they, they pull each other's weight uh, a little bit and maybe even fire each other up just a little bit. But, uh uh, she's not going to agree that she's his boss. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll go on, I guess. <laughs> so something that, that I admire about you guys, and, and it kind of comes into play with this sale is you guys are aged out of showing with, with Katie and Andy, but you guys still had a nice string there at the Indiana Angus preview and some other shows. And if you would tell us, why did you guys have, uh, all those cattle there? Well, Andy, when you go back to Chris, my wife, she's very involved with our, we've got a 4-H beef club mm-hmm. leader, leader in that, got to doing that as the kids were getting older and just stuck with that after they graduated out of the 4-H program and being a junior Angus advisor, you know, it was always, it seemed like if there was confrontation or controversy, I guess I tried to step in and do it, but the daily stuff and helping, doing the real good part of that job. Mm-hmm. You know, she just loves helping kids and new families. And, you know, we've got a heart for raising the kids. And that's mm-hmm. kind of our motto around here is the cows are a tool. We're all just trying to raise kids. And mm-hmm. that was kind of how Chris and I done it when the kids were little. And we just could kind of try to carry that on and helping other families wanting to have the same experience and learn the same lessons that junior livestock can teach so well. Mm-hmm. Right. And for those that may not know, you're you're probably misnaming or calling her Chris. Most everybody knows her as Mama Brock. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. So. 
So that just kind of kind of carries through that, but but you guys do a nice job and and do all you can for juniors and and you'll help them out and and if they don't have a place to go with those cattle, why why they can stay there and I'm not trying to get everybody to leave their cattle there, but but if they're in a real in a real situation, why why you guys will do that for them? Yes, absolutely. And the our CR County, we're in the Donut Counties around Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and our the east side of our county is it's just almost the agriculture is non-existent over there mm-hmm. so for our county to keep our just our beef show to keep keep going in our county we try to give that opportunity to kids that want a place to keep a calf what you know, got an interest in it a lot of parents showed calves but they've got jobs where they don't have a place to keep one and right and absolutely you know we can work something out to keep them here and you know the kids they they got to come and rinse and mm-hmm. you know, they need to be here three or four times a week anyway so mm-hmm. and that's cost us a few customers too oh well we just not sure we got time for that well better stick with what you, you're into so mm-hmm. there's so many things for the kids to get involved with um, right you know that's wherever you want to put your heart and your effort that's where you're going to have success and mm-hmm. we've kind of learned that you need to have the kid here doing the work and then they really enjoy the the success when it comes. So, yeah, exactly. And you guys are on your third open house, and you guys have had some success out of the cattle that you that have left your place in these open houses and in other sales as well. But if you would tell us a little about some of those successes that you guys have had, and and you guys had a really uh, really nice year this past year with those ones that left out of the second sale. Yeah, absolutely. We're blessed to have some really good customers that believe in what we're doing enough to get a heifer and then campaign her as much as they can and do as well as they can with her. We had the Beetle family from Illinois. They bought a heifer off of us. Ended up, she was multiple time uh, champion and reserve champion at the Illinois jackpot shows. Really had a knack for getting her out where she belonged and making sure she looked the best. Flushmate heifer to that as well. The Genders here in Indiana showed last year. She was the champion Angus heifer and the fourth overall heifer at their county fair. We sold a steer out of the open house. He was a GQ on one of our first class cows. We took him to a couple of the point shows here in Indiana and was champion Angus steer three times. He went out and reserved twice. Oh, wow. And then back at his fair, he was the fifth overall steer Mm -hmm. um, at our fair. Kind of a... An awfully competitive steer show without being too biased mm-hmm. up at Danville, we think. So that's kind of been, that was last year. Had a couple heifers do some good at their county fairs and some open shows as well the year before. Didn't get as many moved the first open houses we did last year, but definitely had some good customers and really grateful that they believed in our program to do that with. Right. And, and guys that are getting those cattle out there, getting them shown, and, and that's something you always want. And, and you guys are proving that, that you guys can do that and uh, get them in the right hands and get them out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the Beetle family out there in Illinois, when, when I heard one was going out there, I said, boy, she's really, really found a good home. And, and it's proved that first she had to be right to go and prove that, that they can get one done. And so I want to congratulate you guys on, on all that success. So. Well, we appreciate that. We're uh, definitely excited to keep getting some good genetics and good heifers out there and get them in the hands that, especially a kid who's got a heart for it and got a heart to show and do well, it's very rewarding to see them get something that they're willing to work with and get just right and showed and then have some success with that and just have a little bit of a piece of that as well. 
Right. And guys, I uh, sell these guys quite a bit of semen through uh, Cattle Visions, or at least they give me a, a message and say, here, here's what we need ordered. And so I've seen the semen and the bulls that these guys are using, and I'm thinking, boy, they are really going to change some things and really going to stir some things up. And uh, it sure looks like they have. And it looks like some of these cattle that are in this sale are out of some of those breedings that uh, that have come through Cattle Visions and through some of that semen, because you guys are breeding quite of these show genetics. And so it's kind of change the aspect around there and, and change the breeding program. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we kind of joke around about we've got side of our herd, you know, one commercial side and then the purebred cows. And then from the purebred cows, we've got the, the more show focused and then the production focus for the bulls and the numbers, especially for the freezer beef. So making sure we're getting good show sires on the show donors that we've got and trying to get the right matings matched up to at least get something that somebody might think is worth showing. Right, right, and it sure seems like you have. So why don't we get into some of those and, and talking about some of that breeding and, and get into some of those lots and, and talk about those. We've got a, a flyer here of some of these heifers. And first, where can they go to, to find you guys to look at some of these if maybe they're not familiar with Brock Farms? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll get all the pictures done. We'll get them up on our website. And that's BrockFarmsAngusCattle.com. We're also on Facebook at Brock Farms Angus Cattle or any of us. Uh, we've got personal pages. We'll be sharing it on as well. We'll get those pictures up on the website and on Facebook as well. If you happen to be in the area, you're interested in coming to look, we know that Indiana Stock Show Labor Day weekend is mm -hmm. 10, 15 minutes away from the barn. So if you happen to be in the area and want to look, I know you're finishing up one season, but if you're ready to look for the next, we'll have the barn open, give us a call. We'd love to show them to you. And as well as all the cattle that get moved on Labor Day weekend, we'll be around. If you want to come see them before, you want to just see them in person before sale comes up and then come again on the sale day, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was telling you guys earlier, you guys have had some people come in already and, and look at these cattle. And I got a call the other day and they said, hey, you need to go up and look at these Brock cattle because uh, they, they really are good. And, and this isn't, you know, this isn't somebody that's, that's just common everyday Joe. This is a person that, that's really been around and seen quite a few of them. And so they said, hey, you, you need to come up there and look at them. So, so I'm excited to, excited to hear about them, excited to see some more pictures of them and, and hopefully even be able to get up there ourselves and and look at some of these cattle. So the third annual fall open house is going to be September 11th. And, and tell us a, a little about how that's going to go and, and what you guys do with this. Because it's it's not like a, an online sale or it's not a live sale, but, but it's an open house kind of a sale. Yeah, so the structure of the day, we'll get them up, get them fed and ready. We'll open the barn at 2. We'll have a bid board up the entire time, be taking bids all day long. We'll try to get that board closed by 6 or close thereafter. If you're interested in a heifer, just get you a number, put it on more of a private treaty type than a live auction or an online sale even. Mm -hmm. We'll manage that all through the farm here and then give you a call. Definitely don't have to stay all day. More than welcome to if you want, but... We'll make sure we let you know if you get bumped off and make sure we, if you want the heifer, we'll do our best to get her to you. Right. That was going to be my next question. What if I can't stay all day or, or what if I have to come the weekend before? Can I still do that and, and keep paying attention to, to what the board says and, and keep bidding? Absolutely. We'll take anything. So okay. dad usually kind of manages that side of making sure the board's up to date and keeping numbers on everybody. We'll get bitter numbers or even 
you know, leave a phone number and a bid mm-hmm. with us if you come before and we'll make sure to use that wisely. And if we can get you the calf you want, we'll get you in. Mm-hmm. Make sure we keep in touch with you to make sure that happens. Mm-hmm. Now, on phone calls and things, the people that can't stay, this, and you want the bid board to close at 6, is, is that kind of the initial bid you want to close at 6 because there there might be a little bit of calling going on? We're going to probably start calling about 5.30. Okay. Just we don't want to drag it on all right. night. It would be great to drag it on. All right. night. If anyone wants to drag it on all night Saturday, <laughs> that would be awesome. But we'll probably start calling about 5.30 and okay. we'll uh, – if, if you get knocked off, we'll probably give you a call, give you plenty of time to think about what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Don't have to give us an answer right away, but mm-hmm. at least time to consider what you're doing here and not so much rush like at a live auction or an online sale. Okay. Okay. Well, that sounds good. And, and this is your third one. So so you're kind of getting accustomed to that and, and learning some things from the first two to, to make this third one even better, right? Yeah, this is the second one we've had a bid board at, uh, more of a, a formal sale. Mm-hmm. And seemed to work last year, and we we sold the ones we wanted to sell, and we got heifers placed in real good homes, and willing to try it again this year and see what we can get on. Where Andy and I have kicked around trying to get something about an online auction set up, but be far in the future. So we'll mm-hmm. keep doing the bid board till we get something else figured out. Okay, all right. Well, whatever works. Yeah. As long as it works, and and you guys can manage it, and cattle are getting to where they need to be. Why, if it isn't broke, don't fix it, right? <laughs> well, we haven't broke it yet, so. You know, this, there's not a hundred head in the sale, Andy, right. so it's not, you know, it's it's manageable right now pretty well. Right, right. And I'm looking here on, on Facebook, and, and there was a post, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, about seven or so Angus heifers, and Angus steer. We stepped outside and got some of those semis, and we got a sim solution, and a couple other steers, correct? Yeah, from that post, we've ended up adding a couple steers and moving one out. So okay. we're up to 12 head now. Eight of those are heifers. Mm-hmm. Of those heifers, seven are Angus. We've got one Sim Solution. And then the steers, we got a little bit of everything. Okay. We've got a purebred Angus steer and a, a steer that'll show as a Simital, a steer that can show as a main, and then a crossbred steer as well. Okay. Well, Katie, why don't you just break in and, and start telling us about some of these So um, what I kind of want to lead off talking about, while it's still a little bit fresh in our minds, that we've got another flushmate heifer to the Bedell and the Ginder heifers that we showed last year. If you remember from our sale last year, Mm -hmm. be the lot one and two heifers. This year, she's a March 20th. Mm -hmm. One we think is pretty exciting. She's probably more closely resembles the lot two heifer, if you look from last year. Mm -hmm. But that same bloodline. We'll do a little refresher on the donor. Um, if we had had a favorite donor, she'd definitely be it. One of our most successful donors to date. She's a class winner herself at Hoosier Beef Congress, third overall at our county fair. Mm-hmm. Um, has produced some of our most popular calves. Uh, that mating itself would be the, the Gender Heifer and the Bedell family heifer. Mm-hmm. Had a GQ as well that was shown in 2020 at our county fair. She was third overall heifer. Mm-hmm. So definitely if we have a heifer or a donor that we are kind of leaning towards as our favorite or our most successful that clover heifer would definitely be it we ca- we call her bailey but mm-hmm. okay so we've got that that would be our 2106 or bfac bailey 2106 haven't set lot numbers yet just because they're changing so much okay. right now but we'll be doing that and getting that posted with our lot numbers but okay that'd be a, a march 20th primo 
um, back on a class and donor in that clover heifer. Okay. And if we come look at her, we're looking for tag 2106, right? Yes. Or, yep. okay, until you get them lotted or even if you get them lotted, hey, where's the 2106? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we can steer you towards her. Great. Great. Um, and then out of that same vein, we've got of primo heifers. We've got two flush mates out of a fall calf we bought off of Foster Family mm-hmm. in Michigan. The donor is a flush mate to Sydney Schnorr's 2015 North American Reserve Grand Champion heifer mm-hmm. and a multiple time division winner at national shows. Mm-hmm. The heifer we bought was second in her class at the Hoosier Beef Congress and was eighth in her real competitive fall class at Junior Nationals in 2016. Mm-hmm. Andy and I kind of partnered up showing her as a as a senior calf. Andy showed her his 10th year in 4-H and then I showed her the, as a senior yearling. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. She's good. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a February 20th to offer. That would be BFAC Bardo 2102. And then a flush mate that was in our second embryo group, which would be a March 23rd, BFAC Bardo 2107. Both out of Primo. Okay. 2102 and 2107. Okay. Yep. Their donors also out of class. And so kind of different donors, but a lot of the same genetics uh-huh. in those first three heifers. Okay. Then uh, to kind of finish out our, our AI part, of the sale, we've got uh, Insight Heifer that would be a second generation out of that clover cow. Her mom, the Austin family, showed in 2017, and she was reserve senior yearling division at the Indiana Junior Preview Show. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we've got an AI calf out of Insight for her. That'd be BFAC Bailey 2101, okay. born February 11th, 2021. Okay, getting some of our clover donor genetics in there mm-hmm. and you say clover is a what clover's out of who classen okay okay yeah all right so they would be similarly related that lot one and two heifer mm-hmm. okay okay great who else we got we've got a really exciting uh kind of a funny story mom it was on the kate's family the sunrise sunset farms their spring sale Mm-hmm. looking at the embryos and ended up getting on some Dameron Proven Queen 333s mm-hmm. um, back on watch out. Bought three of them. All three of them stuck. Oh, wow. Got two heifers and a bull. Jeez. I also made some purchases on some Simitol embryos and they didn't stick, but it's not a big deal. It's no, it's just not better. There's no rub between <laughs> mom and I on that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh kept one to put in our open house and we're keeping one back for us but i think we've got the prettier the probably more show appropriate heifer in the open house great she's uh march 17th mm-hmm. out of watch out that dameron proven queen mm-hmm. has been a super dominant donor for the cates family mm-hmm. i would jump at the opportunity to purchase some of her genetics, numerous champions for Sunrise Sunset Farms, including mm-hmm. a division champion at Cattlemen's Congress and National Western Show, as well as a reserve division at the North American for Sarah Sullivan. Mm-hmm. So those those heifers of cases that Sarah's campaigning, these heifers are maternal siblings. So, mm-hmm. or this heifer is a maternal sibling. Oh, wow. So she's a BFAC Proven Queen 2105. 2105, okay. And then get into our bullbred section. We had two donors that we had flushed, IVF, 
were real excited, thought we had them AI'd, and then unfortunately they slipped, but luckily had them with a blue chip cleanup bowl that mm-hmm. we think did a pretty awesome job on these two. We'll start with the Frontier gal. Mm-hmm. She's um, of March 4th. She's BFAC Frontier Gal 2104. Okay. Her mom, Seldom Rest Frontier Gal 5088, would be the heifer Andy showed his 10th year in 4-H, and she definitely made it memorable for him. Mm-hmm. She was second in her May class at uh, Junior Nationals out in Nebraska in 2016, mm-hmm. and then went on to be the reserve grand champion heifer at our county fair. Mm-hmm. I've been super excited to get some of her progeny on the ground. Um, kind of this is the first opportunity we've had to do that, trying to flush her and got her a little messed up in her hormones, but we've got her straightened back out having calves of her own. Mm-hmm. If dad's got a favorite heifer in the barn, I think it's this one. He keeps pushing me to make her lot one. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. But definitely a heifer. If you catch the flyer we put out that's just got the four heifers on it. Sure. Um, she, she's one on there. But a blue chip uh, back on an insight cow. That frontier gal is out of insight. Did a lot of good for Andy. Did a lot of good for the program. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to have something of hers to put in the sale this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is nice. Yeah, and then we go on same cleanup bull in BFAC Lucy twenty one oh three. She's a February twenty sixth heifer out of a seldom rest Lucy seventy fifty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I showed seventy fifty nine my senior year, and um, she was third in her class at Denver. Goes back to the legendary Dameron Lucy eight six eight. 7059 went on to be reserve Angus Heifer at our county fair, and one of her daughters, BFAC Lucy, 1903, was a junior calf champion at the Indiana Open Show mm-hmm. and the bred known junior calf champion at the preview show um, and won her class at the State Fair Open Show. We showed them as a cow-calf pair in 19. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we've got a, another blue-chip Winnie, blue-chip son, uh, back on that cow. Mm-hmm. She is an insight. Mm-hmm. the seldom rest Lucy is. Okay. And then that's kind of the lineup of the Angus heifers. Mm-hmm. Good. And we'll finish out the heifer division with the Sim Solution. Uh, this is KMB Penny 215J. She was born February 11th. She is out of seldom rest Penny. We bought that donor out of the sale in 2015, I believe. She's a Luton back on the EXAR Penny. Mm-hmm. Pretty exciting. We've uh, one of our bigger frame donor cows trying to find something to put her on, and thought maybe we'd make her a little more moderate with some scimitol genetics, and mm-hmm. ended up breeding her to elevation, sex heifer semen, and got this calf here in February. Mm-hmm. She's half Angus, half scimitol, so she will show as a sim solution. Mm-hmm. Half blood mm-hmm. in Indiana. Cool. Good. That sounds like uh, wow. That sounds like some neat breeding right there. Yeah, at least a genetic piece, if nothing else, I think. Right. Something a little exciting, bringing a little bit of older Angus genetics into the play as well. Mm-hmm. You're not going to talk that into letting her beat lot one since you like the semis? No, I don't think so. <laughs> if I couldn't talk him into letting my scimitar from last year be lot one, I don't think I'm going to let him do it this year either. Uh, I have to start doing my own thing if I want the scimitar to be too further up in the lot. I think. Well, Andy, she's leading off the Semitol division part of the sale, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Katie, you're just going to show him who's boss now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> he keeps me on a pretty tight rope. So. Right, 
Right. Well, that's all right. We got to do that to our daughters every once in a while. <laughs> so what else we got? Yeah. So there's the eight heifers we've got. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move in to finish out the 12. We've got four steers. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, one of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with the Angus. He is out of that same blue chip cleanup bull mm-hmm. that the two Angus heifers I finished up with are right. back on an, an insight cow. He's one, probably if you go back and look at the podcast we did with you last year, more closely resembles the Lot 5 Angus steer, the steer that did so well Mm -hmm. for the Deno family last year. Probably a little more sound, gets around a little better than than the Lot 5 steer does, but definitely we think even this early has some potential um, to do well, especially as an Angus steer, has a more showy look than the traditional Angus steer look. Well, good. And then our Simital steer... I bought these eggs off of Joe and Larry Horchman. Sure. They're in uh, in West Lafayette. And this, of course, I uh, had two of them that stuck. They were the two first calves we had born out of our second embryo group. And they were both bull calves. So I'm not exactly sure how he did it, but I think Joe and Larry might have sent me um, the bulls and kept the heifers <laughs> for themselves. But it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> I was extremely excited when they were the first two calves because how often do you have bull calves that are early? Right. Not the case, but that's okay. Right. Pretty exciting Simital steer, I think. He's uh, March 13th. Mm-hmm. A quantum leap back on the Senate Temptress heifer. I believe Ellie showed her. She did real well for Ellie. Um, ended up, I think, winning the Simital sweepstakes for her. Mm-hmm. Um, this steer, he's... 25% Angus, 75% Simital, so he will show as a Simital steer mm-hmm. in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Then we've got a cross steer out of BFAC Insight 1658. We showed that bull in 17. He was a division reserve at the junior preview show and did, I think, second in class at the state open show. Mm-hmm. Did pretty well. We really like to use him on any of our show cattle that aren't insight themselves mm-hmm. get keep a little look into him and he he's done that out of a bred heifer i bought off of Hortzman's a couple years ago that grace klingheimer showed for them mm-hmm. that cow herself is out of lah new technology so he's pretty exciting to look at now he's unfortunately nothing we can get registered being five eighths angus and three eighths mm-hmm. scimitol so mm-hmm. he'll show us across but i think he'll do really well um, especially for someone looking to do some jackpots early since he's a March 4th. He mm-hmm. might have a little trouble getting him to later county fairs and state fairs since he's so big now, but mm-hmm. definitely something I think would be good for somebody with an early county fair if that's their goal or, or jackpot shows. Mm-hmm. And then we'll round out the steer division with a main steer. He was born April 14th out of that same insight bull we raised mm-hmm. back on an I-80 cow. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, we had the same uh, mating a full sib to this steer that we sold out of the open house, and he was a reserve main steer at our county fair. Mm-hmm. Did really well for that family, and kind of excited to have him again. You know, we'd, we'd have liked her to suck AI, but didn't complain too much when we got a baldy right. steer to sell. He's the only steer we've got with any color on him, so mm-hmm. be something to look for when you come, but he'll be able to be registered as a main if the if the customer's looking for that or if wants to show him as a crossbred, of course, that's always an option, but something we think has the potential to do all right in a steer ring coming, mm-hmm. from, coming from an Angus dad. Mm-hmm. 
aren't those uh, aren't those baldies kind of cool? Just a, something a little bit different when you when you breed Angus cattle or, or black semi cattle, and you get a baldy out there, and just a little bit something different to look at. Oh yeah. Well, Andy, when you're on a gator with your daughter, <laughs> he is trying everything in her, under God's green earth to get a baldy heifer, <laughs> and you see that baldy calf fumbling around, mom licking him off. I mean, you go to the highest high. And when you go around behind her, see that he's a steer, you go right back to her, <laughs> the lowest low. So it's an emotional roller coaster with, with the baldies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I've got a little girl that's that's kind of the same. So uh, of course we got a whole lot of Angus cattle, but something different with a little bit of color, or a little bit of baldy, or a little bit of white. Why they're all over it, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> luckily, luckily we've got a lot of our commercial cows that. Dad kind of started out with some Hereford bulls, and mm-hmm. still got Baldy coming through there. Uh-huh. Our replacement heifers this year is it's fifteen black heifers, and mm-hmm. I was a little upset. We had one Baldy in there, and ended up selling her as a feeder calf. She just didn't turn out, and mm-hmm. I was afraid we were breeding out of our Baldies. But I got <laughs> a, a few crossbred Baldies on the ground. I'm really campaigning <laughs> to keep around. Oh well, that sounds neat. Yeah, something something a little bit different. Everybody loves a Baldy, right? So, well, it sounds like quite a set. I'm uh, interested in getting up there and seeing those cattle. And uh, like I said, I got a phone call on them the other day, somebody that looks at a lot of cattle, and they were like, you you got to come see these cattle. So just want to encourage everybody listening or, or watching on the podcast video to uh, get up there and, and see these cattle. If, if you don't know the Brocks, man, you, you got to meet them. Uh, they are great, great people and, and want to do the right thing and do it the right way and just have a, a lot of respect uh, from the Brock family and, and Katie and Andy growing up. I, I watch these guys grow up, and so uh, these guys do it right. And uh, just get you to, to go talk to them, give them a phone call, go see them, uh, whatever that might be. So this this is the right family, the right place to do that. So, Well, Andy, I want, want to extend an invitation to you and anybody else go out to see anybody and take a minute to talk about the cattle and you invest this much time and effort it uh whether you bet on anything or not it's nice to have somebody come show, show some interest in them so right right and they may even be able to find something for somebody else there well there you go yeah you never know so yeah that was kind of the way that heifer got to illinois last year absolutely. is my understanding so absolutely go if if you got anybody else that might need one or something why uh you know maybe you're full or, or maybe you you've got uh, enough or something like that why still this would, this would be a great place and, and yeah if nothing else go meet them so david you guys have a a little bit of uh, sometimes things happen and <laughs> at, at that moment you're not real happy about it what, but well, <laughs> but it kind of works out in the end, right? It's like that. Uh, it's like Katie and her baldies. You're excited, and then you think, "Oh boy!" And then, <laughs> and then, got to figure out what you're going to do. But, but we've got one a donor cow, a, a Dameron Primrose. She's a direct daughter, a first class. Mm-hmm. She's uh, out of the Primrose cow. Dameron's have had a lot, a lot of success with. We went to a sale and seen her nursing a heifer calf. And I thought, told Chris, I said, these first-class daughters, are, they're going to get pretty scarce. And, and uh, if you could have one to breed with and get her bought right as a bred heifer, would be the, so anyway, we got on her and got her. And she was nursing this heifer calf. So we put her with the SSF lady cow that Katie won the open preview show and the Supreme Heifer at the State Fair open show mm-hmm. with in 19. And we got to flushing these two. And they were be right in line for fall breads. Uh, and as we flushed them, 
the people, the Transova, they were calling, saying, hey, we got these that aren't quality to freeze. What would you like to do? And I said, well, just put them in the cows and see what happens. She said, oh, you'll get one and three to stick. And uh, there if we didn't end up with eight, eight pregnancies. So, wow. so we're, uh, we've got some calves here, and we just think they're going to turn out to be something pretty special. The Dameron Primrose, like I said, she's a direct daughter. The first class, we've got some express pregnancies. We got some on-point pregnancies, which is a primo son mm-hmm. from cases, and then this lady cow, she's a primo direct daughter. Um, we've also got some express calves out of her, and then we got first round pregnancies from on her. So we're going to offer some of these calves this spring as a fall-born sale. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got eight pregnancies here out of those two deals. We were hoping for one of each. So anyway, we're, and we're, we're not going to hold them back. We're going to show them all, show y'all, you know, if you're interested, we're going to try to get them all, all eight of them. Hopefully we get eight calves out of them mm-hmm. in the barn and start working this spring to have a, have a fall. We're not sure how exactly we're going to work it. We might probably just price them. And if somebody would be interested, why, mm-hmm. um, see if we can work something out, but, uh, but no, we're we're gonna try to advertise it through Facebook and mm-hmm. Katie just had a banner time right. SSF lady right. effort we showed her and what a tremendous way to end your junior deal with the success she had in the show ring with this heifer. So you know the real reason we bought her is to get these calves. So mm-hmm. uh, we'd like to show them to some people and it doesn't do us any good just to have them there behind the barn. Nobody knows you got them. So. Right. Got a bill or two from having eight of them, so we'd like, <laughs> like to help get paid. So if uh, if you're if you're looking for a fall, the you know it's usually not as competitive that division. And uh, if uh, you got two kids trying to show an Angus calf, sometimes that's a way that you're at least you're not in the same class together, right. or same division. So, but yeah, we'd like to offer these and and see if we can't get get something done on a different angle, more diversification, I guess you can call it. Mm-hmm. So. Right, and as you talked earlier, you can be a lot diversified in the same uh, entity. Yes, so, absolutely. Right, so adding some fall fall calves and fall breads there, and Brock Farm. So uh, those sound very very interesting. We're excited to see them. Yeah, so yeah, I sure would be. So, guys, anything else we need to know about this open house uh, before we wrap this thing up? Just just feel welcome to stop and look, and hopefully we can hook you up with something. Or You're not going to get pressure from us, you know, but you are going to be welcomed. Mm-hmm. And uh, we like to show them, and we spend a lot of time with them, and we like to, like to show them to people, so whether it's something you can use or not. So. Right. On that note as well, uh, we didn't exactly talk about where we're located. We said Stylesville. Sure. We're- uh, about 45 minutes west of Indianapolis, if you happen to be kind of coming through. A, a lot of cattle get moved Labor Day weekend here in the state of Indiana. And if you're passing through the area, we'd love to have you stop by. Again, we're pretty close to that Indiana stock show there in Cloverdale coming up the week of Labor Day weekend. And love to have you come up and stop as well. Any calf we sell, uh, somebody who's might be wanting to get into it and wanting to learn the entire family comes with us. Uh, I don't know. We're not definitely not the best team in the industry, but we, we want to share what we have learned in the 15 some odd years between Andy and I, we've been showing um, love to help and love helping young kids get started. So if you need help getting them clipped, we'll get Andy up there, help you get them clipped, take you to the shows, get them fit for you. Try, you know, teach you what mm-hmm. we know at least. And if we can start somebody 
with the experience we gained over 15 years of us showing and the 10 years before that that dad showed we can try to get you started a little higher if nothing else on the things we've gathered in in our time right and I, I've watched you guys grow and and they are what a what a good family to get in with especially if you're starting out and I just commend these guys on on what they've done and the growth they've had and and the breeding success that they've had and and all the success from last year. So, uh, yeah, Katie, what a what a great place to get started. Well, we appreciate having us on and and the the customers that have believed in us. You know, we wouldn't wouldn't be continuing to do this if we didn't have somebody uh, believing in the program and being interested in showing calves that we raised and and really interested in working with them and getting them shown where they need to be shown and this kind of just on the edge of something we've kind of been dreaming about for a long time, having, having show calves and getting them shown. And I know at least Andy and I have, mm-hmm. it's exciting times and we're excited to see anybody who wants to come out the 11th or any time before then would love to show you the heifers uh, and the steers. seems like we get a lot more people looking at heifers, but that's okay. Right. We've right. got the steers too. So, right. but love just helping kids. Andy and I have gone through, the program and the people we've met and the things we've learned, we want to help as kids who've got a really a heart for it to do the same. What a great way to wrap that one up. Again, the Brock family, Brock Farms, and they have an open house on September 11, 2021. Barn opens at 2 o'clock. If you haven't made it before there, uh, the bid board opens at 2. Bid board, they try to close that down at 6 o'clock. So, guys, uh, appreciate you coming on here. And I uh, want to wish you luck and get those cattle out where they need to be. So, again, just appreciate it very much, guys. Well, thank you, Andy. It's, like always, it's been a pleasure to visit with you and spread the word a little bit and, and go from there. So. Sure. Sure, we hope to, and, and that's our goal. So want to thank you guys, uh, the Brock family, and also we want to thank you for listening to another edition of Before the Bid podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Before the Bid. For more information and to learn more about upcoming podcasts and sales, visit us at beforethebid.podbeam.com or Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram pages. For information on being a guest on Before the Bid, please email us at beforethebid at gmail.com or one of our social media pages. Remember, that's beforethebid at gmail.com. Happy sales to you, and we will talk to you next time on Before the Bid.